I V M I V M The thing is with a book it's just so much more emotional yeah. you know it's not like uh, like ordering a bottle of easy or something you know where it's very very functional practical my emotional investment in that is very limited but when it's a book there's a lot of my self that's going into exactly. reading it yeah. so i want to invest no that time yeah. that you have with the book in Correct. the bookstore you know it's absolutely Hello and welcome to the Filter Coffee podcast. Today we have with us a very interesting guest, um a friend, someone who's an alumni of Mica and um spent uh, a lot of time in Lodestar and then at uh, Mudra and Mediacom and someone who's been an advertising professional for for most of her career. Uh but suddenly has taken uh, a small turn to a, a very very interesting role. at penguin random house a job i'm secretly very very jealous of welcome to the show uh, neeti uh, who heads uh, digital communications and marketing for for penguin random house how has it been the new gig first of all thanks for having me here kartik it's a pleasure um, and it's been actually really really interesting uh, so uh, two things uh, so i think uh, for me with books life has come full circle You know, so I actually studied literature in college, mm. and I used to tell my mom, and I've been telling a lot of people this story. So I mean, I'm sorry if anyone's heard it before, but uh, I used to tell my mom that you know, when I grow up, I want to do something with books, and I'm going to have a coffee shop where you can come and drink coffee and read books. And I used to think I'm such a visionary, you know, and now that's what's actually happening. Uh, but uh, when this, uh, you know, this offer kind of came up or this opportunity came up. uh someone actually called me and said that you know you know how to re- you you like to read and stuff and there's this opening would you be interested i was like are you kidding me <laughs> how beautiful is that so yeah. it was it's actually life you know back full circle and i'm loving being around books wonderful i wanted to start off by um trying to understand this market you know while, while i was prepping uh, you know for this episode i realized there's a lot of information out there on the on the indian publishing industry which I did not know much about until now, right? Um, uh, one of the the most uh, striking things I ca- I have come to understand is, uh, and correct me if I am wrong, uh, the Federation of Indian Publishers puts the number of publishers out there in India at r- roughly around nineteen thousand. Is that is that close to correct? Do you agree with this number? Absolutely. Wow. Uh, so uh, you know, it's it's a lot like uh, in my past life, the print market where right. you'd see the number of publications. Yes. So you know, we used to present these media landscape uh, slides, and you'd see the number of print publications. While you'd yes. work with only maybe a handful, fifty, sixty right. in your plan, but there would be so many of these local newspapers, regional, hyper local newspapers. So publishing is. a lot like that right. uh, actually if you look at it so there the way the market is structured and i'm still learning but uh, there's a handful of uh, the bigger global corporate setups uh, but there are so many of these uh, you know two people three people one person kind of shops uh, which just because they believe that con- there there's a certain kind of content that should be out in the market 
all of those uh, you know companies are also flourishing plus there's the huge education market hmm. uh, which has a whole lot of publishers you know uh, catering to schools colleges curriculum other IAS you know exams like yeah, that yeah. so that's also a massive uh, bit so the overall right. the market is structured into education and there's what we call trade market hmm. trade hmm. books which are your regular uh, you know fiction non fiction uh books which you get you know the kind of books you can pick up at a crossword etc off the shelf right. you know so, so firstly i was extremely surprised by this number because i figured that uh you know when you put vernacular and all of this into considerations it's got to be a whole lot of publishers in india but 19000 was still a very surprising number um but just to understand the the lay of the land uh what you refer to as a straight publication this is pretty much what we see in a bookstore today yeah. right? so trade publishing trade publishing sorry yeah. Yeah. so trade publishing is what you see in a bookstore right so right. all your uh, fiction books all uh, a lot of non fiction that actually and basically simply put it's non education books right. so not books that are necessary and then everything else is what you refer to as education is the the stuff that i'll probably buy from a from a textbook store exactly. or a school publishing Correct. store or a coaching Correct. sort of a the ncrt thing. books uh, right. you know the books the textbooks you would have referred to in school uh, etc all of those would fall under mm. education and uh, i believe that part of it the the education uh, publishing mm. is roughly about 70% of yeah. the books that are published in india are that yeah this and is india And this is just study. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone has to be an engineer or something. Right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the education market is. Uh, I mean, if you were to look at overall books, uh, that's really the biggest. Yeah. Uh, also, because uh, that's not impulse buying, right? It's uh, it's planned purchase. You have to. You have to go through school, go through college, and you need all of that right. material. Right. So it's almost like a B two B kind of market, yeah. if I right. were to put it that way. Whereas trade publishing is what is more consumer centric. Um, now, if, if this is about thirty five percent of the market, correct me if I'm wrong. And within this, you have fiction and non fiction. Yeah. Will I be right in saying that for a country of one point five billion people, we have very few. fiction writers who are homegrown is that a right thing to say so um i wouldn't actually agree with that hmm. i don't think that there are few writers who are homegrown hmm. i have this uh, you know slightly strange theory uh, the more well known writers are the international writers right right so therefore for example i grew up reading inid blyton Hmm. I didn't grow up reading Anushka Ravishankar. Hmm. She wasn't writing then, right? right. And uh, there's also a little bit of I think colonial hangover here. There are a lot of parents that we've spoken to who actually feel that if it's an international writer, the quality of the English hmm. and the quality of the story will actually be better vis-a-vis an Indian writer. That's changing now. So therefore, the writers that you hear of, the writers who sell more in hmm. India, not all of them, but a lot of them who are like. you know really famous uh, names end up being the international writers but there are lots of homegrown writers that there's fabulous talent out there right in fact uh, you know one of our authors raskin bond he very famously said right uh, back in april when we were celebrating world book day hmm. he said that today there seem to be more writers than readers <laughs> so <laughs> you know, everyone uh, wants to write a book uh, to me it feels like almost everyone around me is writing a book right which is which is great which is also which is also scary um but that also you know brings to light this other question right um and now i'm not talking fiction non fiction 
um um in fact uh, this is a quote i was i was, I was reading this interview with uh, megna pant uh, who had just released her book um a, a few months back i think uh, and she said something very interesting it's the the best and the worst times to be an author uh yeah. the best times because publishing has never been uh, much more simpler and easier and worst because uh, selling a book has never been more difficult than it is right would you sort of agree with that i would completely agree so it's uh, it's really easy if I, so not maybe not with a, a publishing house like a penguin but it's really really easy to get published mm. there are so many people who self publish there are actually companies who have models around self publishing with a published rate card right. that if you want to get self published this is how much you need to pay me and we'll print so many copies and what is know, it your... self publishing so self publishing means that you basically pay someone to publish okay. your book okay it's almost like getting printed versus getting published right. is the way i would distinguish it because there is no editorial input coming in the way mm. the process works at a penguin for example is that there is an editor who actually first goes prospects or thinks of the theme acquires the book does a full check on the author uh, is it a credible source does a full credibility check we do legal checks on books whether the facts that are reported are right the editor inputs into the writing style the kind of content length of content all kinds of things right and then the book is brought out into the market mm-hmm. in self publishing none of that is there so there's a story which is written there'll be some amount of basic copy checking editing that may happen and then the book just you know kind of comes out mm. so that's really that's the the difference and there you typically you would pay to get self published so you right. pay that printer or the publisher to get your book printed and out and here uh, at penguin for example it's your putting it out in the market like right. a product so no that that's very interesting right i mean trick by what you just said which is you know the editor goes and does all of this you want to take a couple of steps back right what is the um, what is the life cycle of a book so let's say it's an author that um, you've Uh, are interested in but not like convinced uh, that you want to publish uh, what all happens before it we actually find it on in a bookstore oh so it's a it's a lengthy process uh-huh. and uh, extremely rigorous uh, in fact uh, what i've seen is that the editor and author relationships become so close you know because authors are creative people so even if you're writing non fiction you know you're writing a biography of someone it's still a little piece of work that you've produced so it's much like you know creatives in a in the advertising world or or you know a film star or someone they get extremely attached to their mm. uh, piece of work uh, so what happens is the author and the so once let's say so it's actually all starts with a concept or an idea and that can come from either source it can come from the editor oh, directly okay. uh who then goes out for example and finds people with the right profile who can write about that concept mm-hmm. or the concept comes from an author so it could be a new author it could be you know someone who's established and just coming out with a new concept uh so once the editor and the author kind of see synergy in the concept uh they've got flesh it out a lot then what uh, what happens is that the uh, author would be asked to write certain sample chapters the editor would go through it uh and from this vast you know kind of list of submissions that the editor gets they would pick maybe top 2 3 that they feel are definitely worth 
publishing or pushing right. and that's when uh, the uh, a sales team or a marketing person comes in mm. to check market viability uh, so so far it's the creative product and right. how well it will do in the uh, market and the, now from a product perspective pricing perspective past uh, performance of similar books one actually then creates a business plan is is this part of it the market viability part is it a very data driven thing or a very intuition driven thing i wish it were data driven right. uh, but no it's it's more intuition driven uh, right. the only hard data that feeds into it is either past sales of the same author which mm-hmm. one has access to past sales of similar books those feed into it uh, but a lot of it is uh, is intuition and mm-hmm. experience yeah mm-hmm. yeah i'm assuming that's where the intuition is coming right. from right? Yeah. right okay and and then the market viability is done and then what then happens pnls are made for the book oh, okay. uh, the format is decided in terms of so there are different and this is something that was completely new information to me when i joined right. penguin so for me a book was a book was a book but there are formats of books so there's a royal hardback demi uh, there are two sizes of paperbacks etc so all of which have different production processes and produ- the production cost differs the oh. kind of paper you use the thickness of it the font the number of words which actually uh, influences the number of pages right. and therefore your production cost for the book the co- yeah <laughs> what, what so what what form factor sells most in india uh so you know actually if you look at volumes it would mm. be the paperbacks right simply because they are more mass market they typically be priced at 299 399 hmm. that kind of price point so if you USD look at you mean. oh no, 299 rupees, rupees you mean. Oh, okay, okay, uh, for right. the consumer to ah, buy okay. uh, so those are more mass market products so the volumes of course build up right. there so we would also position the book accordingly right uh-huh. if there's a if it's a prestigious author it's a serious topic where we know people will be willing to shell out more money then you make it a hardback you know with a jacket a more serious looking book right. uh and which of of course more expensive it would be 5998999999 anything right? right depending on the word count right. and then after that uh, so usually the way it works is you let the hardback run course for a while with some books it could be just a year with some it's you know two years three years at the hardbacks in the market and then you release it in paperback so that makes the book more accessible to a wider set of audiences right. and uh, just gives the book a fresh lease of life also yeah that 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 i'm familiar with we hmm. always like okay this is too expensive we'll wait for the paperback wait for the to paperback, come yeah. it's like the ott release of a film right <laughs> um but it's interesting something you mentioned uh, a little while back which is the pnl for a book yeah so every book has a different yeah, yeah. pnl yeah oh wow because every book is a different product hmm. it's a different brand so at penguin for example close to 300 books are taken out in a year right and each book uh, is a different brand even the same book uh, even a different book by the same author or books in the same genre have to be treated as completely different brands or products so it's almost like launching 300 cokes in a year wow so it's uh, how yeah. awesome is that well it's it has you know it, the good comes with the bad and the yes. <laughs> yeah so it's like uh yeah it's it's a completely different challenge right uh, but yeah it's fabulous because uh just the width and depth of stuff that you get to see read work on is fabulous it's mm. amazing launching 300 cokes in yes. a year it's a great place for us to take a very quick break we'll be right back on the filter coffee podcast 
Hi, everybody. Welcome to another great week on the IVM Podcast Network. If you're not following us on social media, I really don't know what to tell you at this point in time. I mean, like, I'm so disappointed in you. Please go follow us. We're IVM Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. So this week on Cyrus Says, Cyrus is joined by Ramya Ramamurthy and Varun Deshpande of the Good Food Institute. They explain what plant-based meat is, what will be the next food revolution, and the objective behind their podcast, Feeding 10 Billion. That's not all you're going to see of Ramya this week. Ramya is also on the paperback podcast with Rasheta and Satyajit. She discusses her book Rebuild and points out how brands have tackled situation of crisis. Guys, we have some really exciting news this week too. Our show Advertising is Dead has reached 50 episodes. This special occasion was marked with a live recording at the Glitch office. We had some really, really great guests for this episode as well. Rohan Joshi, the comedian, was there, as was actor, social media influencer, and co-host of Agla Station Adulthood, Ritasha Rathor. The episode drops on Tuesday, November 5th. Make sure you check it out. On our Karnada podcast, Taliharate, Pawan and Suryat sit down to talk about how Karnataka must think about its future so that the state can deliver prosperity and well-being to all its residents. On Simplified, the gang is back for part four of the 150th episode. That's a long 150th episode they got going there. Join Chuck and Naren as they break down the dying question of why is Cyan called Shiv, the Easter Islands, Instagram influencer ecosystems, and a whole lot more. On Mr. and Mrs. Binge Watch, Janice and Aniruth continue their teen drama series, and this time they're talking about the politician and dear white people. Is John McClane the essential everyman, or is he a goddamn all-American hero? On the Geek Food Podcast, Tejas is joined by friend and roommate Abhimanyu as they discuss the Die Hard franchise. And with that, let's get you on with your show. Welcome back to the Filter Coffee Podcast. We're speaking with uh, Niti Kumar, and we were we just took a break, uh, you know, when, when Niti was talking about how uh, publishing 30 books for a publishing house is like uh, launching 30 different brands or in, yeah. in Penguin's case, 300 different brands yeah. in a year, right? Uh, that's, that's, that's fascinating. And that must take a, a lot of um, marketing wherewithal, right? Because I'm assuming unlike other brands, um, you, you also probably rely a lot on organic word yeah. of mouth. Absolutely. So I think uh, that's related to two things. One, we of course don't have the kind of budgets as as an industry size, etc. Everything is not comparable to a FMCG or shampoo or a a bag of chips or anything like that. So the scale is not there. However, uh, that's one part of it. But uh, for me, the reason why a lot of organic stuff is done is not so much because of bandwidth issues or because there are just so many products that you're dealing with in a year. Mm. It's just because that's what works. So if I were to put out an ad for a book, Mm. like maybe, you know, there's a book sponsoring IPL, just imagine that. But if you're a reader, you will never believe that messaging. Yeah. Because you don't... A book is something that's so personal, you're so invested in it when you're doing it, that you need to make sure it's something that you like. Mm. And the only people you end up believing are the ones where you know they don't have any uh, vested interest in kind of pushing this right. to you. Right. So you will believe a reader who b- reads similar books to you, you will believe that... Uh, you know, the guy in Bahari Sands or Fakir Chand in Khan mm. Market, mm. who you've been buying books from for ages. Yes. And he knows exactly what you will buy. And exactly. he'll tell you if you're buying this, buy these two. These are really good. So there you don't mind kind of spending money. But just passive push of communication does nothing for books. And I've actually seen that happen. Uh, so it's so much better to go down models like influencers, just organic content on social channels, for Mm. example, book clubs, you know, uh, just events where you have the author very honestly 
and authentically talking about his book and what he wants to do what's his vision and uh, you just see books you know pick up uh, fabulously mm. and it's like a snowball you know because the minute you've got a certain set of people reading word spreads right and uh, then you can just sit back and watch it yeah in fact i think the best example of that in recent past for me has been um, sapiens yeah right? that's one uh, of our big ones yeah um it's uh, and, and it's amazing um like i i think two such phenomenons happened for me in the last couple of years one is uh, uh the advent of monkey shoulder um uh, which you know uh, i was just mentioning this to another guest that i i, I saw it in a friend's place outside india and then i started seeing it in duty free and then i can visibly see a lot of my friends is house stocking up on on monkey shoulder and the other thing is is, is sapiens which is uh, i read about it and it was in my in my list and then suddenly you know the whole what you just said in terms of a, a rolling stone uh, sort of an effect uh, and and almost everybody i knew at one point was talking about it to a point where i i thought it was i was very ashamed of carrying it uh, because i was so late to reading it i was like i i don't want to carry this in a, in a flight people will judge me sort of thing right how do you orchestrate um, a, a trend like that for a book so you know i wish i could if there was a formula right. uh at the end of the day i think the basic thing is that the content needs to be strong mm. it's actually a lot like movie marketing if you ask me uh you can have the biggest stars the best director and really fabulous locales and the movie can still bomb so the content at some basic level the content and the idea behind the content needs to one connect very intrinsically with the consumers and the second thing is that it needs to be positioned right so that's where for example marketing and whatever messaging we put out for the book comes i think with uh, harari that sapiens what uh, worked really well is i think the content of the book was just so relevant for the time when it was being brought out he was also the first mover in terms of now there are so many books like that you know the whole effect of technology on people and how you know we we've kind of been a been a product of all these external influences so uh, it was just the right time uh and then his own kind of profiling also helped he his background in terms of being a professor so it was a very credible source uh from where it was coming and the minute you you kind of start generating one or two organic conversations whether it be through media pr led media uh whether it be through digital channels you know twitter for example works really well in picking up a lot of these conversations then it's like on a rose of sapiens for example has been on the nielsen top uh, 20 charts so it keeps kind of fluctuating up and down week on week but it's been on the charts for the past couple of years yeah and i'm not surprised yeah. um you mentioned um, a film bombing sort mm-hmm. of thing right like i try to understand uh, you see the word best seller a lot mm-hmm. on books I, mm-hmm. i try to understand what is the the metric when does a book become a best seller um correct me if i'm wrong is it 10000 copies yeah, it's still 10, copies, right? right so that's so, technically you can call it a book uh, best seller if right. it sells sold 10000 copies in in a year in the last year yeah in the last year right so that's like the the platinum album equivalent exactly. of, uh, right. of of publishing absolutely right? yeah okay <laughs> now you know if i cut to um, and, and and this is documented sales of which uh, i'm assuming there'll be this whole royalty 
um, equation for you as well as Correct. a publisher, right? You know, the other day I was I was in a traffic signal and, and there's this guy who was selling books. Like all of us have experienced this, and uh, he was showing me one book, and then he, with a flick of his fingers, it became five. He was making a fan of five books. I mean, my my hands are small, but even for a for a for a person with a reasonably large, that's a that's a big trick, right? But my point is. This is so prevalent in a market like India, piracy. That is, yeah. um, how does a, a publishing house who's investing so much in the entire process, in the entire marketing of it, how are you competing? Are you equipped to compete with this level of, you know, piracy? You know, it's I think one of the pet peeves or the biggest challenges for the publishing industry, piracy. Mm. Uh, it's just that the laws in the country are just so. I mean, copyright can mean nothing What in the that? country, you know, because uh, all it takes is uh, so there's no monitoring that happens to mm. begin with. The legal system and the laws are not so watertight like they are, for example, in a US where you can actually sue people. Plus, a lot of these people are just, you know, so for example, when the World Book Fair happens, right outside the book fair, there is bunch of guys sitting with the books spread out on the pavement and they all pirated copies you know so some of our best selling books becoming by michelle obama which we haven't released in paperback you see a paperback copy there mm-hmm. right where basically they do they xerox it or they just get it printed and bound and they sell it so it's extremely difficult to control not just uh, you know through these unorganized guys even amazon right because anyone can sell a book on amazon so it's extremely difficult for us to do it so we do it I mean, we've been kind of trying to build dialogue around having stricter laws and norms around it. Uh, plus, on a case-to-case basis, wherever we feel there's it can be tackled, we do that. But it does uh, lead to a lot of uh, challenges. Is it an issue of uh, not having enough regulations, or is it an issue of them not being greatly enforceable? So the the penalty for Uh, for doing something like this is not really much. It's a bit of both. It's the same thing, right? You go to an Nehru place, you can buy a Nike bag mm. or Nike shoes, right? Mm. It's the it's exactly the same thing. So it's not just about laws related to publishing. Mm. I think it's an overall orientation. You know, whether it's the government or just historically what India or China countries like China have been about, right? Where the brand and its kind of identity isn't mm. probably get just given enough. emphasis in terms of being the original channel that you buy from mm. indians are also price conscious i i won't lie when i was in college i used to buy pirated books because yeah. that was how much pocket money i got I, I, I i'd rather read the that, book yeah. than yeah. you know not exactly. <laughs> read it um, and, and and even within you know our own works circles you know I, i see a lot of people sharing pdfs of yeah. of this oh yeah that's the other challenge on right. either ebook piracy where yeah there are whole yeah. lot of these sites where you can just download uh, books i'll give you an example so uh, abhijit banerji and esther duflo won the nobel prize for economics mm. recently and uh, we published a book of theirs called poor economics and the book is doing exceedingly well on the back of the prize because mm. a lot of that is based on uh, they won the prize based on a lot of work that they've done for this particular book right. but uh within 2 hours of the announcement we were getting we were getting at penguin whatsapp forwards of pdfs of the book so it's it's really difficult and to be honest i don't think we've cracked it in terms of how to 
actually put a stop because we we literally take it up case to case there is unfortunately no other option right Mm. now moving on from this you know you you mentioned um, how easy it is for someone to publish on amazon and flipkart right like both these companies in interestingly started off as as booksellers to begin with right and today they probably are i don't know if if it is safe to assume probably the largest book retailers for you no they're not they're not uh, so uh, online is of course a very important channel it's growing it helps us reach these pin codes that are you know way far out so a lot of the tier 2 tier 3 cities are able to access our books through you know retail partners like amazon or flipkart uh, but the physical bookstores are still extremely important so uh, while online is growing but physical is still has in fact uh, very interestingly globally what we saw this time is that independent bookstores for the first time saw growth in india uh, no globally okay yeah here uh, online is what is growing but uh, it's not majority of the share majority still physical books well, i'm really surprised to to hear that in a very yes, pleasant manner because i uh, love this data after <laughs> i joined because i actually thought the same thing that um, you know the amazons and flipkarts would have just wiped out so they are of course impacting the retail business it's not easy to run a bookstore with the rent and the infrastructure and all of that that you need and the space you need to stock uh, you know enough books and display them well hmm. but uh, not yet but that's amazing because see when when i was in in school and college uh, and i grew up in chennai uh for me the process of going to a landmark bookstore mm-hmm. it's it's less of a bookstore and more of a culture store Absolutely. it's a culture hub yeah. right yeah. um and it's also you know landmark um and and the way the, those owners sort of designed uh the path for that store um but mostly i'm seeing a lot of those stores sort of closing down right like um i i just Uh, heard someone mentioned another crossroads store has been shut down true. in bombay as well but uh, you know when you say this uh, and this is this is this is great this is a, a much happier news um how what what are people like barisons and om books for example uh, and i don't know if these are the biggest but what are they doing right like how how are they surviving this challenge So I would actually put it down to two things see for the chains which is like a crossword or a um, landmark etc it's slightly different because they are more corporate or part of larger business groups right uh, where i'm assuming there would be pressure in terms of profitability performance etc and then it becomes a little bit of a trade off for the larger organization in terms of what to keep and what so they become very business decisions right whereas what happens with independence so whether you see a bari sans or a kitab khana in bombay or you know uh, stores like that there it's a lot more about one they you know the the main prices the main cost is rent right mm. so a lot of them own maybe some of these properties so that in itself brings the whole uh, cost of operation down so from a practical perspective is that plus these guys have a very very loyal clientele there's a set of people who are very, while they may still order on amazon but that whole cultural context that you were talking about that's mm. been set up mm. ever since you know you were a child or just the feel of walking into a bookstore yeah. 
talking to someone about a book because Amazon's just so impersonal, you know. You Fine. click it, put it in your cart, and a cardboard box arrives for you. In you know, next mm-hmm. day it's extremely convenient, and I, I I love that. But it's it's just an experience. And the thing is, with a book, it's just so much more emotional. Yeah. You know, it's not like. Uh, like ordering a bottle of easy or something you know where it's very very functional practical my emotional investment in that is very limited yeah. but when it's a book there's a lot of my self that's going into reading exactly. it yeah. so i want to invest no that time yeah that you have with the book in Correct. the bookstore you know it's, absolutely it's, 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 uh, it's, it's i still get goosebumps when i walk into some bookstores exactly you yeah. know uh, because yeah. it's just the smell and the look and and books are such beautiful decor also i feel i love decorating with books <laughs> because they just look so pretty clearly, so clearly you're, you're old school like me yeah. um you know the, you you spoke about loyal clientele right and um, you know one of the things and and you tell me if this is correct is i was very surprised to know that the average indian reads about two and a half books a week again part of the the nielsen mm-hmm. study that mm-hmm. came out right but more importantly i think there are many versions of how big the publishing industry is i think mm-hmm. the more yeah. accepted number seems to be about a couple of billion dollars which is fairly big much much yeah. bigger than I, i thought it would be but interestingly about four states contribute to a yeah. majority of this right and uh, these are maharashtra tamil nadu andhra pradesh and kerala not surprisingly three yeah. out of the four are non bjp states um <laughs> but uh, is is that is that a, are these your 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 key key markets so our key markets actually because we have uh, while well, we've gotten into language publishing recently with the hint pocket books acquisition uh, about 18 months ago but we are mostly english mm. uh, so our big markets are actually the metros so bombay delhi bangalore chennai mm. are important markets Calcutta, Pune, to some extent, right? But if I were to break it down at a state level, it would end up being these states. I think uh, there are two, three reasons for it. One at a very basic level is the literacy rate. Hmm. And these are states with relatively higher literacy rates versus, let's say, Odisha or uh, Bihar, right? Right. Uh, they are also affluent states where you can spend behind, uh, hmm. you know, leisure, or, you know, reading for entertainment. Uh, or a bookshelf. or a bookshelf yes. yeah to decorate <laughs> and i think the third thing is just cultural mm. i think you know in these states literature has just been part of growing up of people's lives it's influenced a lot of decisions or that you know parents make kids make so sudha murthy for example right she's one of our biggest authors and uh, she just the kind of book she writes are just so simple mm. and they appeal so well so you know if you look at all of karnataka and maharashtra and when you're reading her books you can just see the books appealing to women in even the villages there right, uh, right. it's that simply written presented relatable so these would be the states that would come up there's bengal also which is very very literary literature oriented but i think there probably affordability is a little bit of an issue mm. so sales don't necessarily happen to the uh, right. tune that they should right you know the and uh, I'm, i'm sorry to the listeners that i have just too many factoids i've uh, introduced into this show which is usually not a very numbers led show if you look at the the number of books published vis-a-vis how many succeed um you know there is there is one theory out there that 90% of 
the books that are published in India don't sell more than thousand, two thousand copies in a year, and it's only one percent that really reaches that bestseller Absolutely. mark, right? With more authors coming in, or if you were to just look at the last four five years. Is this still the trend, or is this? Do you yeah. see this changing anytime soon? No, it's still the trend because it's just so content oriented. It's really, really difficult to predict. You can, you know, be smart about publishing to a certain extent, make it topical, trend related, etc. But it's still very difficult to predict what will click. Mm. And there's just so much choice that the consumer has, right? Uh, so it does end up being the top one to two percent. Which end up succeeding, you know, from a technical uh, definition perspective, right. and then there's a long tail mm. of books which have either very very niche audiences mm. or where the content just doesn't kind of connect. Uh, so yeah, that's actually still true. Still true. Yeah. And and you mentioned at some point um, audio books, um, and you know, I wanted to ask Avi. Uh, my my assessment is is that we are a very nascent market for audio books. Yet, but uh, how do you see this panning out, and what what does someone like a, a Penguin Random House doing in this space? Also, uh, we believe audio is the format of the future. Mm. See, for us, if you look at it, we are actually format agnostic. So whether you read the book in a physical print book, whether you read the ebook, you read, you listen to the audio book, uh, we produce all three. Mm. So. We are fine with it as long as you're, you know, getting the content. But definitely, uh, the formats that consumers or readers are demanding now are changing, right? So whether uh, not everyone is happy with just a physical book, and not everyone is happy or has the patience to read it on a tablet. Mm. So that's where actually audio books come in, and we actually believe that. Audio is going to only grow in the market. Yeah. Uh, so at Penguin, we actually produce our own audio books uh, and uh, you know distribute them through partners like Audible, etc. Is it uh, normal for publishing houses to produce their own books? Because their know, DNA is not a production yeah. DNA, right? The DNA is a. But you know, for other way we looked at it is hmm. that it's our content and we want to own it hundred percent. And uh, like I said, it's another format of just getting the same content out there. So if I'm producing the ebook as well as the physical book, then why not the audio book? Wonderful. Do you have any interesting experiences on producing an audio book? <laughs> yeah, lots. So we've got, uh, you know, uh, we have all kinds of things. So we, currently, we've got about a library of two hundred audio books. So oh, wow. we started the program about um, two years back. I think for us, it it. Uh, Compared to a physical book, the process is extremely different, right? So it it took a little bit of reorientation, the whole thing of recording, studios, mm. all of that. So that to begin with was interesting. Plus, then uh, we had a lot of authors kind of call and say, you know, we want to record our own audio books. And uh, sometimes there are just some people who are not good. They may be really really great writers, but they're not mm. necessarily good. Orators or speakers, right? So that was like an interesting challenge to you know deal with in terms of maybe having to tell someone that you know I don't think you recording it is necessarily right. the best. But do you normally have authors do the audio books? We as have well? some. We yeah. do so. Uh, we got recently got Ruskin Bond to record. Oh wow! His uh, books. 
they those should be out in i think early next year first quarter next year uh we've also got so arundhati roy records her own books uh then we've also got sometimes the author just does the introduction you know so they record the introduction to the book and then the rest is done by a voice artist ah nice nice yeah. oh that was a bit fabulous to yeah, yeah, to record with raskin yeah oh it was amazing right and he was just so good you know uh, it just comes naturally to him wonderful yeah uh niti we usually um end the show by asking the guest what are you reading uh watching and listening to hmm. um since we've spoken a lot about what you're publishing what what are you reading these days So you know I'm reading a, a book called The Book of Essi E S S I it's a really interesting book so I just kind of found this book in office uh, and uh, started reading it it's it's about a um, a very conservative family based in the US where the whole family is actually on a reality show a perpetual reality show uh, and it's about how you know uh, it affects this girl's life her name is Essi uh, it's brilliant i would recommend it to everyone who likes this kind of fiction oh lovely then i recently read testaments margaret atwood uh, yes. so that was fabulous a uh, non fiction uh, so, you know, this is a wrong topic for me because i've like <laughs> got a list of things <laughs> no I, no please do i yeah. just read brigital nation which is written by the tata sons md and chandrashekharan mm. and uh, rupa purushottam who's mm. the tata sons economic chief economic advisor right. and it's a brilliant uh, book on how you know a lot of day to day issues in our country can be solved uh, so whether it's jobs medical access uh, women empowerment and how technology can actually be used to solve a lot of these problems. Oh wonderful. So that's another another brilliant one that I read recently. Are you big uh, on podcasts? Um not much. Well, I'm sure you will be after this. After this, <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> It's absolutely fascinating to have you over Neeti. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you, pleasure. So that was our show. If you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IBM network. You can listen to us on the IVM podcast app or ivmpodcasts.com. You can also follow us on our social media. We are at IVM Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to reach out to me, I am the underscore Karthik. That's Karthik with an H on Twitter and Filter underscore Coffee. That's Coffee with a K on Instagram. रिश्ते में तो हम तुम्हारे पॉडकास्ट लगते हैं नाम है फुटबॉल शुटबॉल प्रेजेंटिंग फुटबॉल शुटबॉल शो अबाउट थ्री फ्रेंड्स डिस्कसिंग आर फेवरेट गेम ओवर समटाइम्स थ्री मे बी इवन फाइव हाय एम शिवा एंड विद मी आर माई टू साइड किक्स गौरव सापरे एंड कार्तिक अयर साइड किक यू मीन लाइक बैटमैन रॉबिन a van percy robin no i mean like alexis sanchez but with a little more skill than just playing the piano ha just shows how the best players at arsenal are mere bench warmers at united oh thank you ayer but you're a fulham supporter so whenever you say anything to support me i question my beliefs just like how griezmann would say ek bar maine jo decision le liya to main apne aap ki bhi nahi sunta banter aside we will talk match reports transfer rumors top controversies fantasy football picks and so much more so grab a beer and tune in to football shootball every wednesday on the ivm podcast app website or wherever you get your podcasts did you know that parsis in mumbai instead of being left at the tower of silence after they die are now cremated and why because a cow fell sick in the early 1990s 
Did you know that the smog in Delhi is caused by something that farmers in Punjab do and that there's no way to stop them? Did you know that there wasn't one gas tragedy in Bhopal but three? One of them was seen but two were unseen. Did you know that many well-intentioned government policies hurt the people they're supposed to help? Why was demonetization a bad idea? How should GST have been implemented? Why are all our politicians so corrupt when not all of them are bad people? I'm Amit Verma and in my weekly podcast The Seen and the Unseen I take a shot at answering all these questions and many more. I aim to go beyond the scene and show you the unseen effects of public policy and private action. I speak to experts on economics, political philosophy, cognitive neuroscience and constitutional law so that the insights can blow not only my mind but also yours. The Seen and the Unseen releases every Monday. So do check out the archives and follow the show at seenunseen.in. You can also subscribe to The Seen and the Unseen on whatever podcast app you happen to prefer.